In a world filled with information, where do you turn to get straight talk about retirement, investments, and your money? Lock it in to the longest-running financial talk show in Arkansas and let us help you build the bridge between information and application. Real financial change begins right here, and it starts with you. It's showtime! It is the final week of October, and you know what that means? It is time for the Halloween edition of the Get Ready for the Future show. Retirement can be scary. We've got some tricks for a healthier retirement straight ahead. This is the Get Ready for the Future show. Hi, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Get Ready for the Future show. We are glad to have you along. It is the Halloween edition today on this final week of October. My name is Scott Inman. Along with me in the middle chair is Teresa Arago and Janet Walker in her usual chair. Welcome yes. to you both. Good morning. It's the uh, ladies of Gen Wealth here today. That's yes. right. Yeah. Y'all are going to take them. over the show. We talked about this before <laughs> it started. Uh-huh. I'm just going to sit back and relax today. You ready? Good it's luck. the ladies show. Here yeah, we go. Okay. Well, <laughs> a guy can dream, right? <laughs> so a couple of questions to start off with. Halloween coming up uh, this weekend into Monday, I guess, depending on when you celebrate. I've got to ask you a couple of questions to start with. And they're very, very thought-provoking and probing. All yes, right, you ready? I'm ready. Your favorite Halloween costume as a kid? Go. Uh, we were always scary things. So, and my mom <laughs> kind of always went out all out. So there was a Dracula costume, and I had like the fake teeth, and she'd like even like gotten me fake nails, so I'd have like the pointy ones, yep. and so that was probably my favorite as a child. Okay. Mine has to be the robot. Uh, Mom always made everything. Mom made my wedding dress, so she definitely made our Halloween costumes and everything. And this was before everybody had Amazon boxes all packed up high in their garage. So Mm -hmm. anyway, somehow she got her hands on a box and... Uh, she put all these, you know, it looked like buttons and stuff that she drew. So, you know, all the r- controls for the robot. And I remember having a costume contest at the church. And I honestly don't remember who won, but I remember standing up there going, I have the most unique costume here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, that was, that <laughs> was really cool. proud. Yeah. Proud yeah. moment. That's right. So mine would be, um, it's really more tied to the memory than the actual costume itself. But when I got a little too old to trick or treat, and I really don't remember how old I was. I was probably 12 or 13. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't going out, but I decided to dress up and answer the door. Yes. Mm-hmm. And that was a lot of fun. And I just basically had a, a monster mask. It was kind of a weird looking monster mask. Bought a cape and had like fur coming out of me. <laughs> you know, it was like, a, it was like this just werewolf kind of thing. Werewolf yeah. slash monster slash witch, whatever it was. Just created Random stuff this you could find. Silly thing. But I had the best time just swinging the door open as quickly as I could and jumping out at it. You know, <laughs> Terrorizing <laughs> children. It did backfire a couple of times because they, they were real little. They really did. They went into, <laughs> they went into a big cry. So I had to be careful. I had to kind of look out the front door before they got there and see what I was dealing yeah. with. Yeah. But that was my favorite. Okay, so second question. Favorite costume of one of your children? So there was one year we were doing the trunk or treat at our church and I had little kids and Lucas and Elena were like two and four. So this was when they were little bitty and I needed a way to contain them. So we had just seen Romeo and Juliet, which is about garden gnomes, but it's a redo of the Romeo and Juliet story Mm -hmm. with garden gnomes. So I made us costumes because that's what my son wanted to be. He wanted to be Romeo. So I made us costumes from those characters and we were all garden gnomes. Then I had a little fence in my van. (laughs) 
That's awesome. <laughs> so they were inside the fence. Um, but that That's was great. probably my proudest. And then another one would be Lucas. My kids want to be Descendants characters. And if you don't have kids, you have no clue what this is. But... There was one character that has this leather jacket that's all spray painted up, and there's no way I could afford to go buy a leather jacket and do that. So I went and bought pleather, made a jacket, and spray painted it up. Nice. And so he was he he liked that one too. So those that's are my awesome. my biggest ones. So my kids were uh, three and uh, just like four months on this one. Um, my again, my mom was still making costumes even for the grandkids <laughs> at this point. And Stuart, uh, the three-year-old at the time, was completely into Thomas the Tank Engine. Mm -hmm. And so we already had engineer clothing. So he had on his engineer overalls and everything. And then my mom took a cardboard box and made like the front of a choo-choo train that, you know, he just wore kind of uh, over his overalls and he was so stinking proud of that thing it was amazing and it has had his initials on the side like the identity of the train was sw and whatever number and then uh, bethany that was a big year for nemo Mm -hmm. and she had a little nemo costume and so yeah yeah and and mom made that one too so great memories yeah my favorite was uh, my youngest son nathan he went through about a three or four year stretch of halloween costumes that were just immensely creative but he would come up with the ideas of course mm-hmm. we didn't give him anything but we had to obviously produce it best one he ever did was he wanted to be of all things a mime you remember that one, Garrett? <laughs> he, wanted, he wanted to be a mime and we had to go how do you i don't even, you know you're not buying that one off the shelf right no, you right. got to figure that out but we we got him the white face paint we got him the little top hat the striped black and white shirt uh-huh, underneath uh-huh. the jacket and the gloves yeah and, and he acted it out he was he didn't say anything all night he didn't speak I so he to, couldn't actually awesome. say trick or treat teenagers do this costume i feel like, like all I the time 24 7 yeah <laughs> forget halloween right yeah well halloween is big business isn't it i mean it's, yeah. it's oh rivaling yeah. rivaling christmas now on how much we spend so today we're going to kind of use that halloween tie-in to talk about some tricks for a healthy retirement but the trick may not be exactly what you're thinking we're going to use the trick uh, as an acronym okay so think t-r-i-c-k each one of these items starts with one of those letters so let's start with the t and it's taxes Mm -hmm. and we've talked about that on the show many times before but that is something that would i think certainly qualify as a trick to a healthy retirement because quite frankly it's something that can save you if the forward planning is done right as you begin to take income from your retirement assets, it can save you thousands of dollars in retirement. Yes, I think many clients that we talk to have goals of purchasing something large in retirement, Mm -hmm. but they're not prepared for how that's going to affect them on taxes if they take a large lump sum from pre-tax money, which is really where the biggest impact comes Mm -hmm. from. Most employer plans, you're putting in pre-tax money. So when you pull that money out in retirement, it's all taxable to you. So don't, not all of those dollars get to stay in your pocket. So it's important to understand those implications and plan ahead for them. And even in an employer plan, if your contributions are Roth dollars, mm-hmm. the match, if there is one, those are going to be in traditional dollars because that gives the business the tax benefit on their side. Mm-hmm. And so those dollars will still be taxable. So when somebody comes into us and, and let's say they have, you know, seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars in their retirement plan well 
what of that is taxable and what of that is not taxable because $750,000 of Roth money is very different than $750,000 of traditional money Mm -hmm. as far as what your income is going to look like each year. Think about it this way. If you were making $50,000 a year and you had no taxes that had to be withheld, and the IRS wasn't going to come knocking. I know this is not a real world I'm talking about, (laughs) but hypothetically speaking, if you could get paid $50,000 a year and not pay taxes on it, wouldn't that be better? Mm -hmm. Or would you prefer to pay taxes? That's what you're looking at in retirement. And frankly, most people just don't think about the tax equation of their retirement income. Mm -hmm. Is it fair to say in our experience, I think that the Roth IRA is probably the most underutilized retirement account out there. I think the best tax planning you can do if you're young is to max that sucker out every year from now until retirement. Tax-free money. But if you didn't do that, and and there is, of course, the other side of that, because we do work with clients of higher income, there's going to be a point in time where you are ineligible, mm-hmm, potentially mm-hmm. ineligible to contribute to a Roth IRA because your income's too high. So then what do you do? Well, as you yeah. get closer to retirement, there is a Roth conversion mm-hmm. that could be beneficial to you. But again, to your point of taking out lump sums, you got to be careful on how you set that up and orchestrate it. Yes, because there's not a limit on how much you can convert in a single year. But it is taxable. So think of it this way. If you had a large IRA, traditional IRA or employer plan that has Roth options in it and you want to do those conversions, every dollar that you convert to Roth is as if you made that money that year for tax purposes. Mm-hmm. So, you you know, you have an additional $10,000 that you made but never took home. So you're going to have to pay taxes on that. So it's really important to communicate with your advisor and your tax advisor Mm -hmm. about this and make sure you're coordinating that well and doing it over time instead of trying to do like a $300,000 conversion in one year that's going to kill you on taxes. It's funny that you mentioned that dollar amount because Mm -hmm. I actually had people who uh, became my clients, but before they came to me, they were advised to convert $300,000 in one year. And you can imagine what that did to them on taxes. So... As Teresa said, there's not an IRS rule about a limit on how much you can convert, but there is definitely a I'm past my point of comfort on how much I'm mm-hmm. going to pay in taxes rule that you just need to be aware of before you pull the trigger. Um, guys, another thing in the tax category is qualified charitable distributions. Mm-hmm. Yes. And we have discovered that very few people yeah. ever talk about this. I feel like a lot of people don't even really know about it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's something that we have in certain situations had to explain to the accountants of our <laughs> clients. Yes. Uh, and and I no judgment there. If you've never done it before, you've never done it that's okay but but this is this is how this works and Mm -hmm. and it's an opportunity that our clients and your clients if you're a cpa that they have once you reach age 70 and a half and so just so people don't think i misspoke on the age the rmd age used to be 70 and a half that has moved to 72 Mm -hmm. but the opportunity to do the qualified charitable distribution remained at 70 and a half. So when you get into that age range, this is an opportunity you have. Teresa, you want to walk through what it means to do a qualified charitable distribution? Sure. So when you are 70 and a half, if you are charitably minded and you have a 501c3 charity that you'd like to support, what you can do is have dollars directly sent from your custodian. So if you have an IRA, the IRA custodian sends those funds directly to the charity And then that's not taxable to you because you did not receive it. So this would be different than if you 
took it to your bank and then wrote a check to your charity. It's going straight from the IRA to the charity. It's not taxable to you because you didn't actually receive those funds. And it's not taxable to your charity because they they don't have to pay taxes on contributions. So it allows you to maximize. So give you a a deeper example. If you were to take a $10,000 distribution and you had to take 20% taxes out, you now have $8,000 to donate to your charity of choice. But instead, you could do a qualified charitable distribution where the full $10,000 goes directly to your charity. And when you reach RMD age, these count towards that required minimum distribution. Mm -hmm. So it's even better. So if you're going to give anyway, and Mm -hmm. let's use that $8,000 as an example, you could still, instead of giving the whole 10, if you don't want to do that, you could go, well, I was going to give eight. Okay, give the eight. And now you get the 2,000. Now you're only going to receive the net portion of that after taxes, but still. You're only taxed. Yeah. What is being paid Mm -hmm. to you and to the charity all total is a larger amount than if mm-hmm. you just said, send me the 10000 net it out, and then I'll, I'll make a contribution. Before we leave the taxes and kind of a segue from that, because the QCD limit is rather high, you, yes. can, you can put up to $100,000 towards that qualified charitable distribution. And I think it is worth pointing out, it's not on our content plan, but a word too about having a plan to make those distributions mm-hmm. and get money mm-hmm. out maybe above and beyond the RMD from your IRA in retirement because of the change in inherited IRA rules. Mm -hmm. Because if you haven't heard about that, and we've talked about it on this show a lot, but I think people forget it's worth bringing back up that as of two and a half, almost three years ago, the law changed in the way inherited IRA money had to be withdrawn. Yes, and it has to go in 10 years in most cases. Mm -hmm. So if you think about a large portfolio, let's say you had $500,000 even, not just a huge one, but $500,000, and now you have a child who has to break that down in 10 years, they have $50,000 of additional taxable income if it's pre-tax dollars. But if it's after-tax dollars, if those are Roth IRA funds, that 10-year period is the same, but they're not taxable. Right. So it is worth having a plan to maybe not. And I think if you have multiple heirs, then yeah. that gets it split gets down, down, down a little yeah. bit. But if you have a, a solo heir and you're passing along $500,000, that's a, that's a complicated tax problem mm-hmm. to have. Mm-hmm. Tricks to a healthy retirement on our Halloween edition of the Get Ready for the Future show. So our T was taxes. R in that acronym of tricks is risk tolerance. And that's a I guess maybe almost a buzzword, right? I mean, that's what you hear a lot when you go in to see a financial advisor. Mm-hmm. We're, we're supposed to talk to you about risk tolerance. And I think this is interesting because it's important, but I think the way that is portrayed is sometimes yeah. almost silly, right? Well, what's your, how much risk you want to take on? Well, I don't want to lose any money. I don't want to make a lot of money. Well, and Doesn't I, everybody. I think the quote that keeps coming to mind to me this year is, wasn't it Mike Tyson that said, everybody has a plan until they get punched in the face yeah, or something it, like that? It was a boxer. I'm not really yeah, sure who it was. It was. Yeah. Joe Lewis, maybe Mike Tyson yeah. robbed him from it. I'm not sure. But I yeah. feel like everybody up until this year felt like they had a really good risk tolerance. Yeah, and, sure. then, mm-hmm. and then we kind of realized who right. really doesn't, tolerate it well and That's the right. same thing happened in 2008 mm-hmm. i mean the, the longer you're in the industry the more you see this movie replay and so you know if if when a client comes in for the first time to have a a conversation with an advisor if they're if the market is on fire in a good way and their mindset is party like it's 1999 <laughs> then you know they're like oh yeah i'm good with risk yeah mm-hmm. well you're good with risk because the roller coaster is not going down mm-hmm. right now and yes. but how will you really feel so frankly 
we don't have those stereotypical, how do you mm-hmm. feel about risk? If, if this went down 30%, that would mean a loss of this many dollars. How would that make you feel? <laughs> we already know. It, <laughs> it, it ain't cool. Right. Okay. It's not fun. Right. So, so we utilize a strategy to address risk because here's what people don't think about. They readily acknowledge the risk of the market, but mm-hmm. they are just blissfully unaware of other risks Mm -hmm. like longevity and inflation Mm. and so we put together a plan that addresses all of those and in doing that it it really frankly adjusts how you feel about the more traditional risk tolerance well and i think people have this mindset that at retirement i need every single dollar i've got right and that's not accurate you Mm. don't need every single penny in the first year of retirement so even though you may be approaching retirement you don't have a short timeline. You have a long timeline for some of those dollars. Mm-hmm. So it's important to have a strategy that breaks those dollars up based on when you're going to use them. It's not a pie. It's a smorgasbord, right? Yes. When you there think you about go. it, it's not in a circle. Because if you think about we've we've told we've talked about this. This year has been the second worst on record for the 60-40 portfolio. Mm-hmm. So if you think about the traditional withdrawal strategy and having it in a 60-40 portfolio and arbitrarily withdrawing a percentage, which is commonly a four percent rule that i'm going to take four percent out of that portfolio and you just had this if you retired this year and you just had the second worst year for the 60 40 portfolio on record that is risk number one sequence risk what if i retire at the wrong time and the market Mm -hmm. including in this case the fixed income market goes down as i am withdrawing assets Mm -hmm. that is reverse dollar cost averaging is what Mm -hmm. that's called in the industry and it it puts your portfolio at greater risk of being depleted faster when you enter in a enter into retirement in a year such as 2022 so to that smorgasbord what you want to do is control teresa what Mm -hmm. you sell and when you sell it Yes, and that's we use a bucketing strategy. And what we do is, as I mentioned before, we assign time periods to your dollars. So certain dollars, we know you're going to need those sooner. We're not going to be as risky with those dollars because, you know, it's like your grocery money. We don't want that money fluctuating a lot, but we know that we can walk away from some returns on that because it's short term. But if you don't need that money for 10, 15, 20 years, then there's no point in taking all that risk off because you're going to have to be able to, as Janet mentioned, overcome inflation and longevity concerns. So you can't just hide it all away because every year you don't have some sort of growth, you're not keeping up with inflation and you're losing buying power. That is the one thing I think people are not really thinking yeah. about when they yeah. think about the risk of stock loss or risk of market loss. They're not thinking about the risk of loss of buying power. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I mean, right now, frankly, they're getting a double hit. When you turn yeah. on the news, yes. you're, you're hearing mm-hmm. You're hearing the bad news about inflation and you're hearing the bad news about the market. And I think, again, the market is easier to focus on and really wrap your brain around what that means for you. But what do the numbers of inflation really mean for your retirement income, Mm -hmm. for how much income you're going to need to have on a monthly basis to cover your expenses? And a lot of people just haven't sat down and gone, okay, now what? What does that really mean for Mm -hmm. me? And what does it in turn mean that I need to be doing with my investments? Continuing with our tricks for a healthy retirement, the I in the acronym TRIX stands for investment mix. So we're kind of going to get a little more granular. We were talking about the risk tolerance and investment strategy overall, but what about 
what kinds of investments you should have for a healthier retirement. Well, I think it's important to point out that investments are like tools in a mm-hmm. toolbox. We use this analogy in a client meeting room often that if uh, an advisor anywhere has the same types of licenses that we have here at GenWealth, the toolbox is the toolbox, yeah. right? It's mm-hmm. not a matter of what's in the toolbox. There's not a secret investment that we're not telling you about, <laughs> right? And, and we're and, only using it on our portfolio. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Only, yeah. Yes, yeah. we get that yeah. occasionally too, right? What are you doing? Well, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm 49, I'm not 65, yeah. so that's yeah. different too. But uh, the, the toolbox is the toolbox, but we don't want to pull out a hammer when you need a screwdriver. And that's, mm-hmm. the, that's the first thing we should set up here. Yeah, my, uh, my grandfather was an electrician. And he did all kinds. I mean, you name it, this guy did it. He was he was actually at the uh, the company that put the first radio inside of a tractor. So like that kind of like he's wow. got some weird stuff in his history, you know. Anyway, the my point is on the on tools. Um, he was a firm believer that every tool has a purpose, and every job needs its certain set of tools. And if you don't have it, you stop the job that you're doing and you go and buy whatever tool it mm-hmm. is to meet that need. Now, what that meant for us is after he passed away, there were things around there that we went, what is this? And nobody could identify it, but he knew. But here's the deal. When you, when you bring that into your retirement needs... You think about all the things that he had that we had never heard of, all of these tools that were like, I don't even know what that does, but he did, and there was a need for it, and he had a point in time when he needed that and nothing else would do. Mm-hmm. So your advisors know about investment tools, if you will, investment products that you've never heard of, or even if you have heard of them, maybe you have a misperception yeah. and not mm-hmm. a real you know, picture of what they really do and what they're intended to do. We don't believe that any tool, any investment vehicle is good or bad. It depends on what your need is. A Mm -hmm. hammer is not a bad thing if you need to put a nail into something. A hammer is a bad thing if, I don't know, you need to rake your your leaves. This is not going to be an effective tool. But another point to make on that same kind of thought process is you're your dad had some skill level that mm-hmm. he had honed over yes. time. So, you know, put that put that hammer in the hands of a carpenter. Yeah. And its application is very different than if you put it in mine. Mm-hmm. That, I mean, that is mm-hmm. very specific. So when you're thinking about planning for retirement, having somebody who has trained specifically in retirement income planning is different than just someone who has some licensing, too. And when you think about what Janet said there, that we don't believe any investment is good or bad, we also don't believe there is a such thing as a perfect investment. Yes. They, right. they can sound perfect, that, and the person selling it can make it sound perfect, but it's not. I mean, even if you think about, because there's going to be give and take with whatever you choose, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Let's even start with the, the the least amount of risk and think about a bank CD, right, mm-hmm. or, or a CD. It, you're not going to lose money, that's for sure. And they're certainly pretty attractive right now. Right. With interest rates where we have had them over the last couple of years, you can probably get a 12-month CD for 3.5% now, right? Mm-hmm. And that looks pretty good. And it may be a useful tool in your overall plan even now, but the offset of that is is what's inflation running right about now? Yeah. 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 We're about 6 or 7 
So, so are you really gaining ground if that's mm-hmm. your goal, yeah. if you're trying to outpace yeah. inflation? So if those dollars are your investment dollars, then you're really going backwards, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. because we need to be able to, to grow that money at a faster pace. But if those dollars are your savings, your true savings, not investing, mm-hmm. then that's different. And mm-hmm. another thing I would I would point out on the investment mix is if you're talking to somebody and that conversation is not education driven, mm-hmm. that's a key difference. There are a lot of people, um, you know, every industry has its it aspects to it. And, <laughs> and one of the it aspects to part of our industry is just the salesy side of it mm-hmm. that some people come across that way. We're not wired that way. It's very important to us that every decision that we make as a team and in turn that a a client ultimately makes, that it be education driven. If it doesn't make sense, like to say, here's the plan, here's what we're thinking about doing, and here's the reason, if there's not a logical reason for it, we don't need to pursue it. Yeah. Tricks for a healthy retirement. We are using tricks as an acronym. So we just finished the letter I, and that was investment mix. We've got a couple more to do, so we're going to have to move on because we've only got about nine or ten minutes left here on the Get Ready for the Future show. So C is costs, and that goes back to the transparency talk that we were kind of just in with the investment mix, right? I mean, you got to have an upfront discussion about the why and you're doing something from an investment side the why on a strategy you're building for your retirement plan and the cost you should have full disclosure about how your advisors compensation or commissions and fees work and we are very transparent at the point of presenting a plan to a client it is written down in fact right there for them to see mm-hmm. plainly what it is going to cost them And I think it's important to weigh that cost against what value are you receiving as well. And I want to be sure that we're clear about the fact that we don't shy away from cost. You cannot invest without some cost. That's just the bottom line. But it is important that you understand it. Mm -hmm. There's not, you know, we don't believe that a a particular type of product is better than another because of its cost. That there are a lot of people out there that say low cost, low cost, low cost. Mm -hmm. But what are you getting Mm For that low cost, probably not a lot of active management. You know, there's a time and a place for all of it. And we don't set those expenses for a lot of products out there. You know, I I feel like people uh, have not been talking with us about the cost conversation as much mm-hmm. as they used to like that used to be a big huge conversation point like you it didn't matter who was coming in that conversation was going to happen um and we really haven't changed what we're doing but it was just kind of what the hot topic was in the yes. industry and what we used to talk about when that would come up is it, when they would say well i want the lowest cost you've got i would just pause and go hey let me ask you something we'll circle back to cost in a minute Uh, what did you come here in today what vehicle did you drive and they would you know answer me and and I'll I'll just I'll answer it with mine Uh, GMC Sierra pickup truck okay so um, it's got it's got wheels it's got heat and air um, it's it's got a motor in it right and they're looking at me like I'm crazy so let me ask you this why didn't you come here on a bicycle because it's 95 degrees yeah (laughs) hello and as it's so for the right features you're willing to pay some cost for that because those features matter to you so we can talk about investments in terms of what is the cheapest thing if that's really what matters to you Mm -hmm. but i really don't think it is and when in understanding Mm -hmm. it that way 
it just they're like okay now tell me what i need to have for my plan right. and it just completely shifted the conversation yeah that's because what, the focus is value yeah yeah, yeah exactly value is the big one because what's the biggest knock really the only knock you hear beaten into the ground out there in the in the spectrum of noise uh is about annuities mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. over their high cost that's that's some in, in some, some cases that's true depending on the annuity because that's the thing too when you have a t- discussion about annuities if someone's pre uh, has has a little bit of a uh, anti annuity stance when they walk in the door you have to ask them well what kind of annuity are you talking about here mm-hmm. because some there's are, a lot yeah. Some are, yeah some have no implicit fees but the ones that are higher fees come with features yes. that you wouldn't get in an investment account only so mm-hmm. as an example and I'm, I'm let me do the disclaimer I'm yeah. not making any recommendation right. to anybody but as an example of an annuity that would have a a higher cost than other products is you look at annuities that have a guaranteed income stream and mm-hmm. or a guaranteed death benefit. But let me ask you this. With the market being down how much it is right now, <laughs> how do you feel about that guaranteed income stream? Because if you had uh, if you had $500,000 in there, when you started taking income, you're getting $25,000 a year. If now it's down to 400000 you know what you're getting? $25,000 a year, and it is guaranteed. And yeah. so, th- you know, at that point you go, okay, that's worth the cost. And I don't even care what it is. It's worth the cost. Now, we're we're transparent, as we talked about earlier, for you to know what that is. But the other thing is we don't believe you need the higher cost vehicles, if you will. Uh, we don't believe you need those for everything. It, mm-hmm. You need them to cover the required needs that you must have, regardless of what happens in life. But you don't need that across the board. Yeah, because they're a great tool for yeah. that purpose. That's but they're right. Not a great tool just for building wealth. Right. I feel like there's so much more we could do on costs, but <laughs> we've got one more to hit, and we're running out of time. So K uh, for trick is knowledge gaps it, may, mm-hmm. it doesn't when you hear that it doesn't sound K- like that's knowledge knowledge do, <laughs> we do know how to spell knowledge starts with a k and you know when you think about that there has never been a time in human history where you can find more information it is out there yeah. everywhere it is always important to be able to disseminate that information and you have to go back to the source of where you're receiving it to kind of get an idea of what maybe is in play here because you can find annuities are good, annuities are bad. You can find stocks are good, stocks are bad. You could find information that goes on both sides of every discussion when it comes mm-hmm. to your retirement future, but you have to go to the source and figure where, where and why are they saying what they're saying. Well, and it's similar to when you research medical things, unless you understand the Mm -hmm. lingo and you understand all the data that you're seeing and you can interpret it, it makes it very difficult to understand the outcome Mm -hmm. clearly. And, you know, we're in kind of a DIY era, too, because of all the YouTube videos. Just Google it. Yes. And I will say from personal experience, my husband has accomplished some pretty amazing (laughs) things DIYing, but... If we were going to do a project that had a large cost to it and a large risk to it, I would not feel comfortable trying to do it ourselves. Yeah. So speaking of doing things yourselves, if I say the phrase, nailed it, (laughs) do do you get some funny images in your mind? You know, because it's like, hey, I went, I looked at this on YouTube and we made these cute little desserts. Here's what the Pinterest picture looks like. And here's what mine looks like. Nailed it. And it's this colossal flop that is just amusing. That's cute when it's your dessert. Right. Mm-hmm. It's not right. cute when it's your retirement. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And and so this whole DIY deal, 
you don't want a do-it-yourself retirement because the nailed it photograph is not pretty. Well, let's talk about something we've already covered. Roth conversions. Yeah. Those have to sit for five years before they qualify for the tax-free benefits. So if you try to nail it on your own and you're three years out from retirement, that's not the time to necessarily do that. It depends on your whole plan. So there's things like that, those little details that you may not find or understand that could really come back to bite you in retirement. And maybe you DIY'd it when you were in growth mode, when you mm-hmm. were in accumulation mm-hmm. mode, you, you stock that money back, you maxed out your 401ks all your life, and you've built wealth. That can make you feel pretty good entering retirement, but I think our experience has been that's exactly when you don't know what you don't know, right? You mm-hmm. know that you yeah. can accumulate, but I have no idea how to distribute to take on these risks that we've talked about in retirement and make sure I don't run out of money before I run out of time. That, I think, is the real hinge or that mm-hmm. the turning point for a lot of pre-retirees to go out and seek help to fill that knowledge gap. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you're right. You can accidentally be successful as an, an accumulator, yeah. you know, because guess what? You're adding money into it That's every right. year and your employer is adding money into it every year. And even though this year you're looking at it going, I don't know that I could accidentally be successful over a career. You could accidentally be successful at that. But I will tell you that distributions change the game. If, mm-hmm. if you play basketball using football rules, you're going to have a problem. It does not work the same way. And distribution does not work the same way as accumulation. So it is so critical for you, rather than to have a nailed it experience, to work with somebody who is education-driven, strategy-based, and team delivered. And that's that's what we bring to the table for you here at Gen Wealth. We started the show by talking about retirement can be scary. We know planning for retirement can be scary, mm-hmm. but our trademark process at Gen Wealth is designed to help you get ready to retire from your first step toward financial independence throughout retirement, focusing on seven key areas, creating a written plan, maximizing social security, considering a hybrid retirement if needed, protect against inflation, secure guaranteed lifetime income, plan for long-term care, and defend against taxes. Time for our final thoughts here on the Get Ready for the Future show. And Janet, we'll start with you. I would say that your future is worth the investment. Uh, Fear doesn't make wise financial decisions. One of our general standards here that it is probably one of my absolute favorites is that we do not fear. And I would encourage you to follow that same creed as an investor. Fear does not make wise financial decisions, so don't let it put your future at risk. And I would say there is always a reason not to get started. There's always going to be some reason that you can come up with not to get started. But I want to remind you of these tricks and encourage you to get started today. So the first one is to be mindful of taxes. Be mindful of your risk tolerance, your investment mix, cost, and just aware of your knowledge gaps. And, and bring an advisor along if you need that at this point to help you work through these, understand them, and work towards your financial independence. I think my final thought starts with circling back to that seven key area plan. If you think about it as being scary to undertake that planning process, maybe you're not ready to get all of that together. Maybe you're not ready to come and see a financial advisor just yet. There is a simple first step that you can take that we offer for free. And I talk about it at the end of every show. 
to find out is financial independence within reach. You can take the first step by visiting 15minuteretirement.com. That's the number one and the number five, and then spell out minuteretirement.com. You can check out the website, put a few things in there, and get a snapshot or bird's eye generalized view. Or you can do the easy route and just text the word CHECKUP to 501-381-5228 to find out for free. Well, that's all the time we have for this week's Get Ready for the Future show. Fun show today. Found out all about uh, Janet and Teresa's favorite costumes (laughs) for Halloween (laughs) and tricks to a healthy retirement. We hope you have a safe and fun Halloween and join us for the first show in November next week. Thank you for listening to the Get Ready for the Future show. If you enjoy hearing from the Gen Wealth team every week, make sure and subscribe to the podcast. And you can always find us on social media. Search for Gen Wealth Financial Advisors on Facebook or on Twitter at Gen Wealth FA. The Gen Wealth Financial team is available to you 24 7 at info at getreadyforthefuture.com or call our offices at 866 653 PLAN. That's 866-653-7526. You should personally consult a financial advisor before making any investment, and no strategy can assure success. GenWealth Financial Advisors is an Arkansas-registered investment advisor with securities offered through LPL Financial. Member FINRA SIPC.